Just seen uh, the Tall Blacks in action. Their final World Cup qualifier, they have uh, taken care of Lebanon. Was it straightforward, though? Justin Nelson uh, from Sky Sports joins us to talk about that. Uh, Justin, what did you uh, make of Piero Cameron's men and the, uh, the battle they had with Lebanon tonight in Wellington? Yeah, very good evening. Look, it was a battle. No question about that. The uh, Lebanese team missing a couple of plays, mind you. The Tall Blacks certainly missing a fair contingent uh, as well. But uh, it was good. It was lively. Uh, had you know a couple of moments where it was heated. Shooting very, very good for the Tall Blacks in particular. And they ran out 106-91 winners, including a 13-0 run to end the game. So two points in it. Uh, with about five minutes to go, and then they really tightened up the defence and opened things up offensively. Got home by 15. Yeah, they uh, they made it look comfortable at the end, but I, I think with about two minutes to go in the third quarter, uh, Lebanon actually took the lead. They were up 80-78. to 78. Uh, Were the Tall Blacks in danger of losing the match at any point, do you think? Well, when Lebanon went to that two-point lead, that was on the back of their own 13-0 run. And they were hitting some big shots, some some quite incredible shots. Some would even say ridiculous at times. Uh, but they got their noses up and they had a spirited uh, base of fans at, uh, at the stadium on the waterfront in Wellington as well. They certainly had plenty of admirers in the crowd. Crowd was about 3,000, so not bad for a Monday night. But look, even at that point, it felt like uh, the Tall Blacks were, you know, the team, the only team of the two to go to another level. And that's what they did uh, down the home stretch. Hiram Harris, which, and we've seen him do this in the Cells NBL a number of times. He just gets that look in his eye. When the game is there to be taken by the scruff of the neck, Hiram Harris is the man uh, that we've seen do it before. And he did it tonight. The way that he closed out that last quarter was exceptional. And he really led the team in that charge uh, to the finish line. But look, some good all-round performances. Ruben Tarangi, 19 points in the first half, ended with 21. He came out and shot the lights out early. Really good form. And I'll tell you what, on the local, see, uh, on the local scene, I think the Auckland Tuatata will be very, very happy that Ruben Tarangi is coming back home to play in the Cells NBL. Isaac Fortu, 23 points. And Jordan Nartai with 21. They were the leading scorers. Yeah, looking very good. Uh, and uh, the depth... Uh, in New Zealand basketball. I was talking to Mark Hinton on Sunday about the depth in New Zealand basketball. He can't remember it being any better. I mean, this team actually went out there. Uh, they took down one of the top Asian teams in, in Lebanon. Uh, but, I mean, realistically, uh, where does this team that we saw out on the court sit? I mean, is this, you know, our third strongest, our second strongest uh, team? What do you think? Well, it's a good question. Uh, they end the qualifiers at eight and two, so they take top spot in Group E, and that's important because it means they're the number one seeds. Lebanon finished second, uh, and going into the World Cup draw, which will take place in April, uh, the Kiwis, the Tall Blacks, are now in a very, very good position for that draw. We'll, so we'll wait and see what happens. But when you talk about depth, I think there's probably nine players who didn't play tonight that could arguably make that World Cup team uh, mid-year. Shea Illy, of course, recovering at the moment from some head knocks, and we hope that he's recovering well. Tommy Vodanovic, Isaiah Liafa, Rob Lowe, Tom Abercrombie, all with the breakers at the moment ahead of that grand final series, which starts later this week against the Sydney Kings. Sam Wardenberg, who played on Friday night in that 60-point 
uh, thumping of Saudi uh, Arabia. He didn't play tonight. He's headed home to Cairns. Ty Webster, Corey Webster, there's eight names. And I'll tell you what, I, I reckon the Tall Blacks will probably leave a spot open for a man by the name of Stephen Adams. You may have heard of him before. That's nine players who I think who didn't play tonight who could make the World Cup team. Wow. Yeah, that is uh, that is some strength. Uh, what do you think the chances are of, um, you know, the big man actually making himself available before it's uh, too late? Uh, look, I, I think there's a good chance. I mean, he's surrounded in the NBA uh, now by a lot of international players who are looking forward to playing for their countries in the World Cup. He's getting a little bit older. He's getting a little bit wiser. Um, you know, he's uh, he's out there representing New Zealand every single time he plays in the NBA. And gee, doesn't he do a good job? But he's got some injury concerns at the moment. He's coming back uh, from an injury. Uh, I think as his career uh, winds down or gets into the twilight years, I think he's still got some good years ahead of him in the NBA, mind you. Uh, I think there'll be an itch there. I really do think that he'll uh, want to put the black singlet on, whether it's this time round or next time round. That's probably the question. I dare say we're going to find out in the next few months. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing about that. Now, uh, the draw is April the 29th, held in Manila. The World Cup is over. The Philippines, Japan, and Indonesia, they're all co-hosting it. Um, how how does it work, basically? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm picking there's 32 teams. So what, It's is it uh, four groups of six or six groups of four? Or, or how do they do it? It's a good question. You put me on the spot. I'm fairly sure it'll be eight groups of four. You'll play uh, within that group and then obviously proceed to 16 and all the way down through to the final two. Uh, so yet to see who uh, New Zealand will draw in their pool, but they do go in as the top seeds of Group E through the Asian qualifiers. And look, when you look at their performances, very, very good. The depth is certainly increasing all the time. I mean, I've just mentioned nine players who could come into that team. Haven't even mentioned Sam Timmons either, Dan Fortu. I mean, they do have extraordinary depth now. And who knows? You get to the World Cup, you get a good draw, uh, you go in with some form, and uh, you create a bit of a buzz and confidence amongst the team. Anything can happen. Let's not forget 2002. Well, yeah, that, that, that's true. There's a lot of New Zealand fans that will never let you forget it, uh, mate, just quietly. Um, now, New Zealand currently ranked... Uh, 26th in the world, uh, of course, as we mentioned, 32 make it. Um, I take it that when they do those draws, they draw them so you don't get geographical matchups. So, like, for example, we couldn't meet the boomers in the group. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it'll be based on um, where you're coming out of and certainly where you finished uh, through those qualifiers. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Um, but... Uh, as we've seen so many times before, uh, quite often we end up playing the Boomers at some stage. So that would be interesting. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the world right now. Uh, I think uh, first and foremost for the Tall Blacks, get a good draw, get through that first phase, and then from there literally anything can happen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm just looking at uh, we're ranked third in Asia. Um, with Iran between us and the Boomers and then China just behind us. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, we should talk about a breakers. Of course, it's been a hell of a long break between qualifying for the final and getting to play game one, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably been the downside of this FIBA window because, you know, players for the uh, for the Kings and, and certainly the breakers, anyone who... Uh, is able to play for the Boomers sitting on ice. Anyone who's able to play for the Tall Blacks sitting on ice, 
Um, and it's probably taken the wind out of the sails of the uh, Aussie NBL season a little bit. But you can be assured that's going to crank back up this week. Uh, all eyes are on Sydney later this week when they host Game 1, best of five grand final series. And then, of course, Auckland is going to be rocking late on Sunday afternoon, 6pm tip-off. The Breakers back at home for Game 2 of the grand final series when they take on the Kings. And I think we're looking at a full house it's going to be loud. We know what it's like. The atmosphere is going to be electric. And uh, the Breakers certainly stand a very good chance. They're fit, they're healthy, they're rested, and they go in with some form. They do go in with some form, mate. What do you think they uh, will have looked at? You know, Modi Mayor uh, particularly would have looked at from the way that the Cairns Taipans really pushed the Kings, not only in their final series, but just across the season. I, I remember talking to uh, our our good friend Casey Frank and saying, you know, the the, the way the Taipans um, constricted Sydney um, defensively, I mean, they kept them to 78 points twice. And I think even though Sydney won a game, they, they kept them to 79 another time. Uh, is there anything you think the Breakers can replicate on that front to help them against Sydney? Oh, for me, I think you've probably just hit the nail on the head. The matchups are really important. The defensive jobs are very, very important. Someone like Tob Abercrombie, look, he may not have had the best shooting season of his career, and his career has been long and illustrious, but he plays such an important role for the Breakers defensively. Getting these matchups right, Xavier Cooks, uh, Dejan Vazilovic, we know that they are key, key players, not to mention you know, the imports that run around for the Kings as well. For me, it's about the matchups. The Cairns Taipans did a really good job in getting those critical matchups right. I think the Breakers need to do the same. Uh, now we uh, need to talk, I think, about the uh, Sales NBL as well. I see the Sharks have uh, made a reasonably impressive signing. Jeremy Kendall coming uh, back to the league to play for Southland. Yeah, and look, he's always impressive. You know, when he's played in the league previously, uh, he's he's businesslike. He's a pro. He gets out there. He leads from the front. You know, I go back to 2021. He was only here for a handful of games to start that season. And boy, did he put on a show, some massive highlights before he headed back to Australia. And it's great news to see that he's coming back, uh, heading down to the Sharks. He's a court leader. He'll serve coach Guy Malloy and some of those young stars in that team really, really well. Exciting to have Jeremy Kendall back in the competition. Yeah, very good to have him back in the competition. What is going on uh, in Canterbury? The only team with 40 <laughs> days to tip-off yet to name a signing. Mate, no one knows what's going on. I can't work out what's going on. I hear rumours, I hear names. You know, Max Darling, Taylor Britt, Walter Brown. We hear about these players, but at the moment, it is absolute cone of silence for the Canterbury Rams. And they need a big season. They need to bounce back hard because, you know, they certainly went with some key players last season that didn't come off uh, uh, under coach Judd uh, Flavel in his first season uh, back on home soil. I've got no doubt that they're going to be a team to watch this season. But at the moment, we don't know who we're watching. Yeah, we don't. We don't. And that's the amazing thing. I, I do see the Bulls have... Uh, got another announcement. They've said that there's a big announcement coming tomorrow. Um, and I know that they've picked up uh, Isaac Davidson, haven't they? They've got him back off free agency. But uh, everybody seems to be building quite well. I mean, Canterbury Rams have even got possibly the longest name in the comp with the uh, the Wheeler Motor Company, Canterbury Rams, Rams, but they don't have a player. <laughs> 
Yeah, they don't. Look, I think all of that will change very, very soon. I think they'll start reeling out uh, some names uh, in the next uh, week or so. Um, interesting to note the Jets, uh, one of their um, uh, imports uh, has actually turned around now and said, hey, listen, I'm not available. I'm going to stay at home. I want to be um, with my family, LeGerald uh, Vic, who was probably one of the most highly touted new imports that we'd heard announced so far this season. So without uh, without a jump ball, without a game even starting this season, the Jets may be on the back foot having to replace one of their uh, big-name recruits. Well, one thing that the Jets have done is I think they've got the bulk of their roster together early, right? So it gives them a bit more time on the floor with um, uh, coach uh, Natu uh, Taufale. Um, and they have, I think, recruited reasonably well from around the league, right? I mean, they poached Liam Judd uh, and Josh Ledger from the Bulls, and they've picked up Jackson Stent from the Rams. So they are doing some good things. Could they be a bit of a smoky this year? Maybe a team that people don't expect much from that uh, could upset the Apple Cup? Yeah, look, I like what Natu has done with that team. Um, he's got some athletic young players, as you mentioned. Uh, they go really, really hard. I mean, Liam Judd is an exciting prospect out of Auckland, played for the Tuatata last year, and I like him. Um, certainly Josh Ledger, as you mentioned, Jackson Stant. But, you know, they bring back some key pieces from last season. Uh, Paif Momosia, young guard, had the ball in his hands a lot last season. Uh, they've got to get their imports right. If they can get three cracking imports, and they've just they've lost one, so they've got to replace Vic now. But if they get three imports who can come in and do some serious damage, I like what they're doing. Yeah, all right. We look forward to uh, seeing how that all plays out. Justin, thanks for your time tonight, mate. We'll let you crack on, uh, and we will catch up with you soon, eh? Please tell me you're wearing that Celtic singlet tonight. Uh, I'm not actually wearing the Celtic. I'm wearing a Metallica T-shirt tonight uh, <laughs> from when they played at Candlestick Park. So it's got uh, like uh, San Francisco Giants kind of uh, vibe to it. Oh, there we go. You never let me down. I like it. I, I try, mate. It's a I pass, try. Mark. It's a pass. I'll get the tick. That's the, that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> I just need some uh, a tick from Justin Nelson to tell me I'm doing things right. Good stuff, Justin. Go hey, well, Good mate. on you. Good on you. See ya. See ya, mate.